podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If he kicks this, he can shave whichever part of his body he wants. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Season coming towards an end, but no shortage of news this week in and around the world of Welsh rugby. Uh, We've also got Judgment Day this weekend to look forward to. Um, And joining me to look ahead to all that and look back at the last week of news is Sporting Wales top journalist, Harry Corrish. How are you, Harry? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Jed. Yeah, just uh, still recovering after a long trip to Japan, but... uh... Feeling uh, a lot better being back in Wales, um, even though results didn't go our way this weekend. Really, <laughs> was this a, was this a trip to Japan four years too late for the World Cup, or was this a, a Jake Ball scouting mission? Yeah, definitely a Jake Ball scouting mission. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit late for the World Cup, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, all good. Uh, really enjoyed and uh, got to catch some rugby, which uh, is always nice. And you did, so you did see you did see Jake Ball in action, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I think uh, the first week I was there, um, I would we we went to see uh, uh, his team face Sungoliath, uh, the Green Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it was it was an excellent start for the Green Rockets. Uh, Jake Ball was uh, full of it as well. They they made an excellent start getting the try, but then uh, the Sungoliath uh, might just took over and. Uh, yeah, they 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 kind of uh, went away with the game then, but yeah, always good to see some uh, Welsh rugby and great to see Jake Ball again um, back in action. It's, it's been a while. It has, yeah. Well, who knows if the um, if the regions carry on losing, maybe we'll switch attention to uh, to Japan altogether and we'll turn it into a Japanese <laughs> rugby podcast. Who knows? Uh, which unfortunately leads us on to the headline from the weekend, which is four losses for the regions. Um, firstly. That doesn't seem to shock us anymore. What have we got used to this, Harry? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's been a really tough season. I've seen a, a few stats about how uh, how many games that have been won by the Welsh regions, and just looking at them, like we're out of contention for the the playoffs even, and at, at this like like even last week and that kind of thing. And the only chance for Europe now is this Welsh Shield at the mm. Judgment Day, and I, I know that brings a lot of excitement, but you also have to question really the competitiveness and where we are now and seeing what the budgets may may or may not be next season um it's a bit of a worry that may continue which isn't a really good sign for welsh rugby i was going to say is it a sign of things to come because obviously yeah you've you've highlighted it there i mean getting into the playoffs is the top eight so that's you know Mm -hmm. that is it's essentially you finish in the top half you get into the playoffs and um to not have one of the going into the final day of the season to not have one of the regions um, with a chance of doing that is really disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating because you feel one or two of the clubs, if they could have put a run together, they, they were there or thereabouts for a little bit. And and some of the teams on paper, you, you felt yeah. like they should have done that. Um, and it's quite disappointing that they haven't really found that consistency 
um wh whether that's for, for any kind of reasons i'm not sure but it's, it is disappointing that n none of them have even really like it, it's not been fully threatened has it is it kind of like you mentioned there it's kind of been inevitable that we get further losses e each week and and this kind of feeling drags on um but yeah so like this season we, we've got some of the old budgets in and, and it's a bit worrying that if you look at kind of the dragons performances this season under the the uh, constraints that they find themselves in if you look at all four regions kind of come in within then yeah it's, it's difficult to see how um they're going to try and get away from that and try and even improve on this season um and somehow make those playoffs in the next few years uh yeah it's, it's it seems an impossible task but yeah we, we we've got a hope and uh hopefully um we can find something from those difficult moments. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you're right. Looking at some of the sides on paper, you would have hoped that they would have at least been in, you know, at least been in, had one of them in the playoffs, I would have thought. And, you know, we've seen the Ospreys go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best sides in Europe, gave Saracens a really good game on their own patch. But unfortunately, they just started the season so badly that they were never able to, to recover from that, fighting a war on two fronts. The Scarlets have kind of done that in reverse and had, uh, you know, yeah. had that that awful start to the season, but then a, you know a really good, um, a really good second half of the campaign from January onwards. Dragons were never likely to threaten, and Cardiff, yeah, just seems to have it's been fits and starts, hasn't it? So it is it is a bit concerning when you look ahead to next season. Let's take let's take a look at um, the results from this weekend, though, and we'll start with the Scarlets. Narrow loss to Glasgow. Obviously, they faced them again in the European Challenge Cup or the Parker Pen, as I still like to call it. You're probably too young to remember when it was called the Parker Pen Shield, Harry. But um, yeah, so that's that's around the corner. Do you think that that result, even though they lost, will give them confidence taking a second string side up there and, and they could even have won it? Yeah, hugely. It was a really big performance from the Scarlet. So I, I kind of like... I had a double take of the team sheet, but mm. I know Dwayne Peel is very keen on trying to blood, blood those youngsters, especially with a view towards next next season, because it was always going to be difficult for them to to kind of push um, in these late stages. But yeah, I think they can take a huge amount of heart from, uh, from, from that performance. I think that there's a lot of young, exciting talent coming through with the Scarlets, and, and they, they've shown throughout the season, they've kind of put... Um, like a few players here and there, they, they've given some experience and that kind of thing. But on that specific performance, it was a huge effort. I think early in that, the first half, they really showed their intent um, early on and then throughout the game. But the, the defence, I think, again, really showed like where they are as a team and, and that mentality. I, th I think it is usually a sign. And they were really like battering down the hatches and they, they were... Yeah, they were they were fighting for each other, and 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 I think that really showed what was to come the rest of the game. I think they had their chances, and and they played some good rugby, but I don't know, a, a few decisions didn't go their way, and and they weren't um, in the end they weren't able to get over the line. But yeah, as you said, it's kind of second string. A lot of youngsters play in, and yeah, they, they certainly will take a lot of confidence going away, um, and to bring back to uh, Nashley. It's uh, really exciting for them. They're they playing some excellent rugby and uh, obviously knockout rugby, anything can happen, but they're in some great form at the moment and they'd be full of conf confidence. And looking ahead to the longer term, 
which as you said there's you know a lot of youngsters been blooded this season particularly in the uh, in the second part of it who's particularly kind of stood out for you as uh, yeah as players to watch for the for the future um, I think a couple have really put their their, their hands up, really. But I think Karen Tupolato was shown in in bits and starts this season that he's really got that quality. It will mm. be difficult. He's got some big shoes to to kind of fill um, with the loss of Sioni Calamaphoni, but he's shown the promise there. Um, he will have support around. Um, I think Ben Williams is coming through as well, so mm. he he will in the mix for, for that position as well and he's shown some promise this season I think he, he did he did play for the Scarlets once or twice um, so far um, I think Eddie James he's he really exciting player he, he seemed to have he's, he's had his struggles with injury mm. he's, he's gone over to New Zealand he's come back he's he's improved his game he, he's done his due in, in the Indigo Prem and he's looking a fine player um, like I think a few people would have thought he, oh, he's just a big lad and mm. he does one thing. But I think he, he's really proved this season that, he, that there's a lot to his game now coming through. Um, and, and he's definitely worked on a few things that, that has made his all-round game kind of all come together. But yeah, the, a couple of the young props have uh, really put their hands up this season, I think, because I think that was a, a position that was quite worrying for the Scarlets going into the season. So yeah, a few of them are looking good, and Joe Roberts just keeps looking better at each game I see him. Um, I think he's a really exciting prospect. So yeah, I, I'm quite excited for the future of Scarlet. I, I know it's uh, going to be difficult. It's going to be tough um, when these youngsters are thrown into the deep end, but I think there's certainly a lot of quality across that squad, and they, they're kind of coming in right to the correct moment for for Dwayne Peel. Yeah, and like you say, I think there's there's just going to be such a big step up, isn't there? I think in an ideal world, you'd have probably wanted a, a number eight with a bit more experience in that squad to kind yeah. of ease um, ease two Pilotti through, and and like you say, and then have have Ben Williams as another young prospect. But as it is, I, I think it's very much going to be that the two Pilotti is going to be um, you know expected to play a lot of game time next season, which although it's daunting is exciting as well and there, there is that there is that talent there so um yeah fingers crossed but in the short term they've got that game uh against glasgow too we will preview their their fixture against the dragons um later on in the show as when we look ahead to judgment day let's take a look at uh cardiff now so lost to connacht um and that kind of booked connacht's place in the uh in the playoffs wasn't a particularly good performance from cardiff i don't think um you know, tricky place to go. Usual cliches apply, but um, do you do you kind of think they had one eye on next week with that uh, that game against uh, the Ospreys, which is just so so crucial in terms of the finances of securing Heineken Cup rugby next season? Yeah, I think it would have been something that was on the mind, and it's def- it, you, you can't say it wasn't. It didn't have an impact. Um, I think that they would have gone out to Carnot with some expectations to, to kind of play well, get get the basics right and and kind of try and force something. Like I, I think at one stage I thought, oh maybe maybe they'll they'll really push for this this losing bonus point and, and really push on really. But it never really came. And I mm-hmm. think it's just it's kind of summed up from Christmas on for, for Cardiff. Like they they've shown some excellent kind of 
they play some excellent rugby at times and shown they can mix it with the best. But when things go against against them, they, they don't seem to have that kind of they, they don't seem to have that pause in the in the middle of the game and kind of really push back and try and go against the tide. Um, so I think that would have been a, a little bit disappointing for them. But that being said, um, the result up in uh, Edinburgh would have uh, pleased some of them. And, yeah. and they go into this game, obviously, um, w- in the better position. And, and they will be reeling off that last defeat against Ospreys uh, on New Year's Day. So I'm sure that they'll certainly be up for it. And uh, it'll, it'll be a huge occasion. Um, and it's quite exciting that there's something on the line going yeah. into this judgment day to be honest that's true and although they weren't really ever in the ever in the, the competition I didn't think and go away on whatever day that was Saturday night uh, I do think that there's a few things that they can look at in the last few games is really positive uh, I thought they were hugely unlucky on Saturday when it came to scrummaging I felt like yeah uh, the referee gave Connacht the rub of the green I thought Cardiff had the much more dominant front row and uh, when you've seen them, you know I think Azarati and Domicheski are going to be really, really important over the next um, over the next season or two. And you know it, it's very, very hard to find good scrummaging props. Yes, it's you know it's brilliant to be able to bring off Rhys Carey off the off the bench and Dylan Lewis and the likes. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I do feel like uh, that that is something to to be positive for that they've got a, you know they've got a front row that can be really combative and and um, and keep them in games when things get tight. Yeah, Domokowski is really, uh, he's burst on the scene. I know he's been there or thereabouts in the last couple of seasons, but this season he just seems like a man possessed, doesn't he? He's uh, he's had quite the season this year and he's really put his hand up. He, I've heard people even saying that maybe like he, he he's in that conversation for the Wales squad and I, I don't know whether that's that's the right call at the moment, but yeah, he's certainly doing... Uh, I'd, no I'd, arguably, I'd arguably say that Azarati would probably be favorite for that given that he's the tight head I think just you know I I really yeah, I really yeah. rate Domitasco I think he probably should have had a cap in one of those development games against Canada or Argentina the other the other the other season I thought he played really mm. well that season too um but I mean given how the the dearth of talent at tight head and you know the injury woes that that Dylan Lewis and Leon Brown have had throughout the course of the season Tom France is no stranger to injuries as well I wouldn't be surprised to see Azarati in like a, yeah. a a wider training squad at the very least, uh, just given the fact that he's a fit, scrummaging tight head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's he's played well this season. Um, and yeah, it, it is a difficult position for Wales at the moment. So it is. Yeah, I, I, that that is a good shout, I reckon. Yeah, the other player who stood out for me, and I, you know, again, it's this is nothing new in this, and that was. Um, and that was Thomas Young. And, you know, just again, that kind of athletic performance, getting his hands on the ball, being a nuisance, everything else. Um, but again, it, it's almost the opposite for him, isn't it? Because although he's, I, I kind of feel like he could play the best rugby he's ever going to play. I just don't see how he gets a, how he gets a look in for the World Cup. I just think it's just too competitive a position to to really get close. Is that um, is that too pessimistic of you? Or, or is that kind of the, the reality of where we are in terms of back row strength? Uh, yeah, it's obviously a really strong position for Wales. Uh, I don't know. He 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 brings a point of difference, doesn't he? Mm. Um, like he he really like he, he brings that option really for you. And I, I don't know whether he starts every game, but he's certainly an interesting one for the kind of squad 
um, to kind of think of, and and he's definitely uh, definitely there waiting for any injuries. He, he'll certainly be ready to to take up his his spot. Um, but yeah, I I don't see why he can't push for that. He certainly showed like the form needed this season. He's been one of the best players um, in the URC. Even like I, I I don't think that's that's too um, crazy to say. Um, he, he's I think he he's like that Cardiff team. They were reeling after last season, and I think at one stage teams were going to Arms Park and they were worried about Cardiff's back row threat mm-hmm. um and i think he, he's been a huge part of that i know they brought in uh to be as well and they have got an excellent back row but he's definitely brought um a huge new um huge new identity to to cardiff really he's added to their game and and i think he does the same for wales um so i i don't see I don't see that like he should be like pushed aside or, or anything. He's he, I I'd say he's a huge option really in yeah. in that squad. Um, and I, I certainly hope that they'd be looking at him and looking at it, how good his form has been over a long period of time this season. Yeah, it certainly has been really good form. Right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have a look at the remaining two fixtures that we haven't covered so far. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be looking ahead to Judgment Day. We've also got some transfer news and some various other bits and bobs of news. So all of that is coming up. But first, there's this quick break. Right then, Harry, second part of the show. Where do you want to head to next? Ospreys or Dragons? Uh, difficult choices, really. I don't know. Probably go with Ospreys for their, their second half comeback, maybe. Well, yes. not comeback, but you know, um, they did have a fight back. Yeah, let's go with this. In fact, because that's the one game this weekend that I haven't seen. Uh, so I'm going to have to, yeah, have to hand over to you to get your, uh, get your take on it. What, yeah, what did you make of the the overall performance? Yeah, it was uh, just such a difficult first half for them. I think everything kind of went wrong really um they were just blown away um early in that first half and i think from then they they didn't really have a chance to to kind of get back into the game yeah i I don't think they they performed that well in the first half i think they they were a bit timid and and they didn't quite get their game plan right um it's positive to see kind of got that like they did have that fight back in, in that uh, second half, obviously they didn't. They, they were too far behind at, at that stage to to kind of do anything. But the part there are positives to take from that second half, um, as much as there are negatives from from the first half. So I think it's not all the doom and gloom of the Ospreys, but again, it's another case of it's a game where they should have been more competitive and and they should have kind of really stamped their authority early on, but they didn't, and and they paid the price for. Um, a kind of sluggish opening 20, 25 minutes, really. Um, I think the game just was taken off them and, and uh, Edinburgh played some fantastic rugby. Like it is, I'm not saying that Ospreys were terrible and and Edinburgh just picked up the pieces. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing that they haven't really been able to kind of pick up that form and kind of really move away from that lower end of the pack of the the, the table, really. Yeah, I think especially given the size of the pack they picked on Saturday, uh, whatever night we're talking about, Saturday, wasn't it? And you know they they yeah. kind of took a really really big um, really big pack up there. So it's, it is disappointing to yeah not have that um, 
yeah, like you say, to, to have kind of a, such a bad start that it it hampers the rest of the game. Where do you think it kind of leaves them going into next season? Now, I know obviously we we don't know what the outcome of this uh, of the game on um, on Saturday at Judgment Day will be, but they were so good in Europe this season. You know, such a brilliant um, such a brilliant campaign for them that it'd be a real shame if they're in the the kind of the the lower tier of uh, of European rugby next year. I'm not showing any favouritism either either side there, but I'm just thinking, you know, given what they they've done with this squad of players this year, it'd be a really difficult one to to kind of go back to the to the Challenge Cup. And um, you know, will it be will it be enough to then for them to kick on in the, in the league and put together a more consistent campaign? You know, do you put if they don't get through to the Heineken Cup, do you put the the Challenge Cup to one side almost and and really concentrate on the league for next season? Um, I, I think it's difficult to see what, what their squad will look like, but I, mm. I don't see why they can't really push in both competitions. They 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 got some excellent players. They got some good youngsters coming through. And I've been so impressed with uh, Toby Booth, what he's done mm. at the Ospreys, um, how he's built that squad. Um, like, I don't think they played terrible rugby yeah. this year. And it, it's frustrating more than anything that they kind of really haven't, pull that run off but I think throughout the season that there's like like the Six Nations came at the wrong time for them really they were in brilliant form at the start of the season they were almost almost getting over the line and they just weren't able to win in a few of those games where you'd expect them to to kind of win but yeah I think next season it'll be good for them to refresh I think that the mentality in the squad has been been excellent um, and I don't see why that can't that, like I don't see that changing going into next season. Obviously, they're losing a couple of big players, um, but yeah, I, I don't see why they can't go in next season with the confidence that they have all season. I think uh, speaking to some of the players, they they they've been expecting wins each mm. week, and while that hasn't quite come across, I don't think then that that mentality has gone. I, I think they. They've they've kept that spirit really high in that camp. So yeah, I'd expect them to to really come back with a vengeance next year. And and even if 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 they don't get the win on the weekend and get what they need, um, I think it'll be a bit of fresh air for them. They'll know what's happening now. They they've got some plans going forward. And yeah, I, I think um I think it's only positive like positive for them. I know there's there's lots of difficulties with these caps and that kind of thing, but like they've got an excellent coach, they've got a, a good enough squad. That there's positive sounds about um, contract renewals. So yeah, I I I wouldn't like I'm I if I was an Ospreys fan or player, I wouldn't mind really what like it's not a terrible position they're in at yeah. the moment. Yeah, I think the really disappointing thing, and again, this won't be the first time we'll have spoken about this on this podcast. It's just the disruption that the the ongoing contract dispute yeah. with the the union has caused because yeah that that run in in Europe for the Ospreys is the first time a Welsh side has been really competitive for five seasons since the Scarlets uh, since the Scarlets did it you know to lose members of the squad which they're going to do we know Joe Hawkins is gone obviously there's you know potential reports of of Reese Webb and Nicky Smith moving on don't we kind of wait and see what what happens with that and Skim again you know similar similar things have been said. It's just so disappointing because you're right. Toby Booth has done an absolutely phenomenal job, and has got them into this, got them into a position of being really competitive. And if everyone knew where they stood, 
Um, it just makes that planning so much better. But as it stands, if they lose these players, they're going to, you know, there's very limited um, options out there to recruit because everyone's done their recruitment four or five months ago. So it's so, so difficult. So they're going to have yeah. to be reliant on, you know, on on the academy, you know, a few a few shrewd uh, free agents out there that, you know, that, that we might not um, be front of the mind at the moment. And and I think kind of the, the same applies to the Scarlets. You know, they had a, a horrible start to the season in terms of form, but Dwayne Peel's got them playing now. And, and like you say, things like the defence yeah. are so much better. And it's just so, so disruptive because if everyone had known budgets are going to get reduced, you know, at the start of this season or the end of last season, really, when they should have known, to have a proper contingency to, to plan for it, then at least they'd be able to know, right, okay, these are the players we're going to lose. Here's who's coming through the academy and here's who we're, um, you know, here's who we're bringing in to replace them. So I think that's the the biggest shame in, in all of this is... Um, it, it, although it's always going to be difficult to compete in terms of the the budgets coming down, it's made ten times harder by the fact that all this has happened late in the day. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they've been put in an impossible job, but uh, in an impossible position, and and it's just yeah, it, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because like the Ospreys and and the Scarlets, especially even the 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 blue uh, Cardiff as well, they've got the seeds there haven't they for, mm. for success they, they've shown in in periods where where they can really fight and compete against some of the best teams and and yeah it's just annoying that they'll lose some players and they, they can't really replace but that's the situation we, we find ourselves in and um unfortunately that like these teams will have to find ways um how to move out to those positions but i think hopefully I don't know, um, those difficult moments, it'll, it'll bring the best out to some people. Like, um, I don't know, like, I th- I'm sure Ospreys fans will have full confidence that Toby Booth and his his team can find the players, the, the best kind of players to, to come in, even though, as you said, that the majority teams have, have finished up their recruitment. I, I think the, the, the coaching staffs and, and that kind of thing, I think they, they'll they'll bring the light I think to these teams in the next year or two yeah and actually as you mentioned there the yeah the, the ability to find a player who's out of contract has actually arguably been the turning point in the Osprey season when they're able to bring in Owen Williams add that game management and experience at 10 and uh, I think that's you know that's obviously made such a difference so fingers crossed there's a few uh, a few more players like that that, uh, that the regions can can call upon and um, arguably the side who I guess are going to be um, least disrupted by uh, by all of the off the pitch stuff this season is the Dragons, given that they have the, the kind of the smallest budget anyway. Um, so again, a, I would say a much better performance than well, it, it couldn't have got any worse than than what happened uh, on April Fool's Day. Um, a much better performance, um, but at the same time, no win in the league since October, no wins away all season. How do you assess this season? Does it reflect a, a step forward? Do you say, or has it kind of been more of the same? Um, it, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? Because it was really positive, wasn't it? Um, at one point, when Di Flanagan came, came in, there were a few wins, and and the the brand of rugby was really good. And and Dragons have played excellent rugby mm. the majority of the season, but 
since the Six Nations, they they just seem to have really struggled. I don't know whether they they've struggled with that break. Um, they've they've lost a couple of players. They, they've had a few injuries, but they they I don't know. They they seem to have really like struggled to kind of get into gear, and and they've lost lost that kind of fire and what what they had mid- middle of the season. It, it's really disappointing because. I was really excited by by what they were building at one point, and it, it's just it just seems a shame that they kind of lost that kind of dynamism. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they've had it in fits and starts, and and this weekend they did show it for for some period in the game. They they were there or thereabouts with with uh, Ulster going into the last twenty twenty five minutes, but yeah, it's it's just disappointing, I think, and I suppose. If you're looking at it now, it may be more of the same, but unfortunately, we we I think um, yeah, they they've kind of lost that kind of dynamism and that momentum. Um, but hopefully, um, we see more of what when Di Flanagan came in after they they build up in in preseason and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think the thing with with Di Flanagan is you can kind of look at this as his first his first season in charge but actually he wasn't there as um you know as as head coach for the first couple of games of the season he inherited you know the the situation from Dean Ryan i think the thing that he has done is, is since he's taken over with the exception of the games against glasgow and leinster this season is the hammerings have gone and in previous seasons there have been quite a few very heavy defeats that are really bad for confidence really bad for um, you know really bad for the fans and bad for trying to generate interest in in the, the team itself um but at the at the same time i just think it would have been so much better just to have one or two more wins in there, maybe one win on the road or a couple of wins at home in games that we perhaps should have got over the line in, I think would have just given so much more confidence going into uh, going into the new season. But um, as it is, you know, it's um, I still think it is a step forward. And I, I do think that the kind of the the team mentality that that he's building in there kind of speaks for um speaks for for what a talented man manager he is i think he's you know and again as we said in in very difficult circumstances this year yeah how do you see him coming out of it though do you, do you think because he's in i know he's been been in with the scarlets and, and he is an experienced operator but how do you see him taking this team forward now do you, do you have confidence that he'll be able to kind of find men to this kind of run how do you see them going into judgment day um well i think judgment day is uh is a good opportunity actually um and i think that it, it you will have that opportunity again with the scarlets probably having one eye on the the following week although you know they're not questioning their their professionalism i just think it might be reflected in Dwayne peel's kind of team selection um as perhaps it was this weekend you know they've the, the scarlets the scarlets biggest game of the season is um is in Europe and really for the dragons to finish on a, you know, to finish on a high would be, um, would I think give a, a good bit of um, a good bit of a boost uh, to end the season. And it, it's very, very difficult because as we said, you know, it's not like we're going to see any, any kind of particularly high profile summer signings. Um, but I think the squad is in a much better position than it was this time last year. Um, you know, I know we you're losing the quality of of kind of Moriarty and um and and one or two others, but I do think it's it looks more balanced with the exception of perhaps needing you know some more reinforcements um in the front row. 
Um, but I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would trust him now to have a, a good um, a good stab at a, um, next season, you know, a solid pre-season, um, good opportunity to to reset and go again. Um, and I think, yeah, look, you know, next season, depressing as it may sound, perhaps you've got more chance of getting wins against other Welsh sides because they're operating on a, a budget that's much closer to yours, um, which is kind of the, the grisly reality of it. Um but I don't know. I, I've I have been impressed with. I don't think you can help but be impressed by the way that he speaks and and generally, with the except you know looking at it in terms of wins, it's not massively impressive. But in terms of overall performance throughout the the course of the season, I think it has been a step forward personally. Yeah, they played some good rugby, and I think at times maybe the game management hasn't quite gone their way. I think it, it might be fair to say. Um, and they've kind of, in those important moments, kind of lost that. But I don't know. I think they, they're building quite a nice squad, aren't they? they? They're showing a bit of progression, like they signed um, Dean Blacker now, which is an excellent addition. So, yeah, yeah I, I think, as you said, I think that there are certainly positives moving forward. And I know they've lost one or two players, but it does look a little bit of depth now coming through and, like, yeah, some good young players as well. Yeah, I think, well, we may as well talk about that now. We've got a few um, a few bits of, of transfer news to talk about. Dane Blacker being one of the uh, one of the bigger bits. Um, what do you make of that one? Because I, you know, I'm I'm really excited about him because I have to say, I think at the start of the, the season, he looked like the the informed nine in Wales, really. And uh, I know Gareth Davis has had the, has had a resurgence. Kieran Harley's an international as well, so he's kind of perhaps found first choice rugby a bit uh, a bit more limited, but. For the Dragons, I think that's a very exciting, exciting signing. Yeah, I think it's really exciting for, for the Dragons. I think and for him as well. I, I think that there's a lot of scrum halves at Scotland mm-hmm. at the moment. I think he's played excellently well, and he's really put his name, his hand up. And and I think he's he's definitely been up there. I think Gareth Davis played some excellent rugby in the last few weeks, but if you look at the whole season, he's certainly more than match that kind of performance level like he was huge at the beginning of the season and he's played yeah he's played some excellent rugby and I think bringing that over to the Dragons now hopefully you'd like to see him get a bit more game time than he has at at the Scarlets and he can really push on because I'm sure he can really push for that Welsh squad even Um, and I I think um, the Dragons now have some depth now at nine I think they they have had a few injuries haven't they Um, but yeah, they, they, he's set, certainly a, a really strong addition, and and yeah, they they got a good set of nines now, don't they? Down at Rodney Parade. Yeah, has, has Dane Blacker been capped yet? Did he pick up a cap at some point under Pivac? Maybe in which case he's got three international three international nines, um, which uh, you know, which yeah, is definitely definitely brings them um, brings some more depth there. Uh, one player who he's not going to be uh, partnering at halfback is Sam Davis, who, as we know, is um, leading the Dragons. Looks as though he's set to uh, to move to France. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of have to assume that would be potentially quite a, quite a good move for him, you'd think. You know, complete change in environment, hopefully a decent payday for him as well. Um, obviously not entirely sure where he might end up. I think Grenoble is one of the, the sides he's been... Um, been linked with what do you think of that as a as a move for sam davis yeah i, I think the the french 
actually kind of suits his kind of play. I think he'll, he'll direct the forwards uh, as he usually does and excellent game management. He has fallen uh, in that pecking order, the Dragons this season. He hasn't at the game time that I assume he, he would want. Um, so, yeah, I th- certainly think he, he'll want to get back to playing regular rugby and, and kind of get into that kind of, into that mojo of uh, training and playing each week. Um I think he he's played excellent. Uh, he, he he's been excellent for the Dragons when he came around and kind of he really pulled that team um, forward. And I think, yeah, I think the evolution now and that kind of thing. I think it is time time probably to move on and kind of look for for those opportunities and and really kind of push on because I think he, he's got plenty of rugby in him. Um, and obviously, um. Hopefully he, he he does well out, out there if he if he does go over to France. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Steph Hughes um, is confirmed as staying as well, which I think has been, um, you know, obviously there was a few centres came in in the uh, in in the summer. Steph Hughes came kind of at the, the start of the season. I attached, you know, I think he's been an absolutely excellent signing and someone who just adds so much in terms of not only his ability on the pitch but his leadership and. Uh, I, I think everyone will be delighted to have Steph Hughes uh, sign a contract extension. Yeah, he's such an impressive individual, isn't he? Like he, the leadership he brings, even the the, the quality he brings as well. Is he's, he's able to mix up his game. He's a fantastic player, but more more than that, he brings so much leadership. And and I'm sure he would have brought a lot to that environment as well, because he's such a well liked player amongst all, all uh, amongst even the Scarlets and and the Dragons. No one's got a bad word to say against him. And yeah, he seems a lovely bloke, doesn't he? Um, I think he, he he will have brought a lot with um, Di Flanagan. Um, I think it would have been important for Flanagan to kind of look towards that player and, and kind of lean on him as well um, and kind of show what he expects. And yeah, he, he certainly proved he, he's got a quality in his performances this season. He's, he's really brought that X factor to that Dragons back line. And yeah, and, and more than that then as well, as I've mentioned um, about what he brings behind the scenes as well. Um, I think he's he's a good rock to kind of build upon, and, and yeah, I'm sure he, he'll do really well for the Dragons over the coming seasons. Excellent signing, and uh, yeah, really glad they 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 kept him. Yeah, and as we uh, finish the the transfer news and finish this part of the show, uh, this would have been yeah what about a week ago? Dylan Lewis and Jared Evans kind of unveiled as Harlequins players, which we. We knew was coming. Um, I saw there's the kind of a bit of a bit of stick they took on on social media for kind of unveiling um, unveiling and doing a photo shoot in the shirts, kind of with with two games to go. Um, does that stuff matter in your opinion, Harry? Uh, I don't think it, it like matters on a like playing perspective, and and those players, I'm sure they they're fully committed and and looking forward to these. Well, obviously one game left now. Um, they, they'll be fully committed to get getting Cardiff into that uh, Champions Cup. Um, I think supporters w- will have been disappointed with it. Obviously, they they won't want to see that. But uh, at the end of the day, um, they they they'll have signed a contract for next season. Um, and and yeah, I, I don't think it's it's 
too much. I don't think it, it takes too much time, does it? It's only a quick video yeah. and get that done. Um, I don't think there's too much of an issue there. I'm, I'm sure some people will have, have the opposite opinion to me. Um, but at the end of the day, um, they, they're fully committed. They're, they're paid professionals. Um, they, they'll be looking to get the job done um, for Cardiff. They, they, they've been a Cardiff for ages, haven't they? They, they played, they've gone through all, all the age grade system and, and they're Cardiff boys. And it, it's a bit harsh to kind of have a go with them just for one small video for, for their new club. Um, and yeah, uh, it, hopefully they get the send off really that that they deserve after a number of excellent ser- years of service for the, for uh, their club. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, right, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. When we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, the loss for the the Wales women this weekend. We're going to have a preview of Judgment Day, and we're also going to have a look at um, uh, the potential law change that's going to be trialled during the under-20s uh, in the summer. So all of that is coming up after this quick break. Right then, Harry, final part of the show. Before we take a look at Judgment Day, let's um, let's have a look at, um, at Wales women. Obviously not the the result that, that they would have wanted, um, but it's probably a reflection of the harsh realities of um, of where the the female game is in England and Wales and the the kind of the funding that's gone into the women's game in in England for, for much longer. Um how much have they improved during this campaign, do you think? Yeah, there's been a huge improvement. Um, I think even like from from the World Cup, from from last Six Nations, I think where where they were um, a few Six Nations ago to where they are now, it's a it's a world of difference. Um, they they seem in a really good place. There's youngsters coming through. The under 18s have been excellent, um, picking up results over the last two years, even. Um, there's a lot of positivity amongst that camp, and going. I I know obviously the result didn't go their their own way, but they showed in those first thirty five minutes, um, how much improvement has gone in. Um, it, it was disappointing how they they scored those two late tries in the first half and then just ran away with it. But I think that that's more of a case of England have been at the top of their game for the last I don't know five five years or so, um, and. Now with other teams kind of, kind of trying to compete with them and wherever um, and that kind of thing, like Simon Middleton said, like they they've been looking at the the nth degree of things, like they mm-hmm. they they're looking at those fine margins, whereas Wales at the moment are trying to f- build that gap. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's massive improvement. Obviously, the scoreline doesn't look too great. Is is another um, fifty point loss against England? Is that the sixth? time in a row but is, yeah um but those 35 minutes they had england on the ropes and with four points in the game i think wales possibly had the better for 20 25 minutes um of that game and that's a huge that that's huge credit goes to the coaching staff and and the team because the, the physicality they brought the game plan they brought early on um i think they were excellent and obviously great scenes with the with the crowd um it, it felt it probably felt like international day walking yeah. into cardiff and and that's where we got those opening 
half an hour. It was a proper test match tussle, um, and and that shows um, everything what what these women have been working towards. Um, I think the, the World Cup showed that maybe the, that clinic, like that clinical edge, was missing. And while they didn't get that quite going, they showed in the earlier rounds that they can get that work in at times. And it's, it's obviously an area they're going to work on. Um, but they're playing some exciting rugby, like some of the fast hands and the, the accuracy is going up. Um, yeah, France will be a difficult test for them uh, going into the next week. I'm hoping that, that that performance doesn't derail things, but there's certainly a lot of positives they can build on and, and hopefully finish with a flourish against Italy. Yeah, does it? I suppose, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the the off the field stuff, the you know, the fact it was a um, it was a sellout Cardiff Farms Park, and like you say, the the atmosphere in Cardiff and all those things are really really encouraging for the long term for the long term. And I think that's kind of how it's got to be viewed, really, because England have had so much funding for so much longer, um, and and funding makes it sound like you know you know it's not like they're funded like Man City to just go out and buy the best players in the world. Obviously, it's but it's that investment in the system and. Um, yeah. You know, and Wales are right at the start of that journey. And um, so it probably does, to a certain degree, show how much more time and investment is needed to come in order to compete with the likes of England, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly there's a hell of a lot more work to be done. Um, there's obviously work that has been has been started with the under-18s. You've got a couple of players already coming through. But like you look at the likes of England, they've got so much quality already in their ranks and, and they are under 18s and they, their academy systems are already firing through when I think obviously the, the Welsh system is still kind of being set up that that Celtic Cup mm. um, has been a positive to, to see kind of the, the youngsters coming through and give them an opportunity to kind of play against the best players across um, the UK um, but yeah there's, there's plenty of work to be done and there's plenty of depth to be built in this Welsh side. But yeah, I think it's nice this season to talk about the rugby um, because for so long they, they, they've been asking, they've been they've been punching down doors yeah. to kind of get that support. And obviously we had to go through that period last year of, of talking about the off-field matters and that kind of thing. But it's nice this year to kind of see that progression and see players like Cecilia Tiapolatu coming through and really showing on the pitch where how far they've come. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you only need to look across the Irish Sea and see the, you know, the, the headlines over there in relation to the women's game uh, this week. And, you know, it... I suppose it shows how far as a, a sport and a society we need to go um, and, you know, the, the ground that needs to be made up. But it is good to be talking, you know, even after a heavy defeat to England, it's good to be talking in a positive, you know, in a positive light about the women's game and not a patronising one. Do you know what I mean? Not something that's like, oh, yeah, oh, didn't they do well? It's like, no, no, no. You can see genuine signs of improvement. And um, as I say, we, we kind of, we only cover women's rugby kind of, um in in bits and pieces on this show because there are you know i think well certainly myself i don't I don't watch enough really to have a, a, an informed opinion on it and there are there are podcasts out there that do but i think it's it, the the fact that the game is just garnering that much more interest um in wales and beyond is you know is a really really positive sign so yeah so fingers crossed that improves and like you say that there's uh that there's a, a good performance against uh against france in the next round Right, what do you want to do now? Do you want to talk about the, the potential law change or do you want to go straight into the Judgment Day preview? 
Uh, probably a judgment day. Um, right. leave, leave the law change for the. We'll for leave the, the law change for the for the grand finale. <laughs> um, all right, let's start with uh, with dragons versus scarlets. Then, obviously, we've you know we've kind of spoken about the form of the two sides already throughout the show. I said that I think that Dwayne Peel, in terms of his team selection, might be tempted to rest uh, some of his key players. What do you think? Um, I think there'll there'll be a balanced approach. I'd say I, I think you need players kind of play, and you don't want the the, the team to be going in cold, mm. um, going into that Glasgow game. But then again, you you don't want to risk too many injuries. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't have. I I feel quite confident um, in the Scarlet's ability to kind of like whoever plays now, um, they've got that system in place. I think everyone knows their jobs, um, and even if there are one or two um, selections that are, that are like raise the eyebrows. I, I think they're, they're at a stage now where they, they built that depth and, and I think anyone in that squad now can put their hand up and, and kind of do a job. Um, but I would say with, with the thought of going into Glasgow, I would say that I'd expect a number of first team players to to come back in that squad. It's, it's bragging rights at the end of the day. They, they'll want to beat um they they'll want to win every game. They want to beat the the dragons, and it was a tough game last last time out against the dragons. And I know dragons have had like a bit of a hoodoo over the scarlets at uh, judgment days in the past. So yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll be really motivated and and pick quite a strong strong team um, with with a mind to Glasgow in the weeks to come. Yeah, I mean, how important do you think momentum is ahead of that semi final versus resting players? Yeah, I, I think it's quite important. I think what we've seen with the Scarlets is they found a bit of momentum and, and they'll certainly not want to lose that. Um, I know that the loss is obviously a tight loss and obviously missing players, but it, it will have hurt them. Um, they w- will have gone to Glasgow wanting to win and, and kind of put that kind of nail that ba- badge to the mast and, and kind, of, kind of go out there and say, look, we, we can beat you home and away. It doesn't really matter, but... Yeah, they obviously came really close in the end, but they'll want to keep that momentum going. They'll want to go in with with that winning feeling, I think, um, and playing some good rugby. I think, obviously, try some things out and uh, see how things go. But I think that that squad, they're, they're a very confidence-heavy squad. Um, I think at the beginning of the season would have been difficult for them. But over the last few weeks, like you can see each win, they just look even better um, and they build it on those wins and... So I think if they if they are to get the win against Dragons, they'll sh- they'll go in with a huge sense of confidence into that semi final in front of home fans. Um, I think it'll be a huge occasion, and yeah, they, they'll they'll uh, they'll certainly be going out to to win this weekend. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I also think that I may be wrong on this because my predictions this season have been truly awful. But um, I I fancy that to be a to be a, you know an exciting game of rugby. Dragons weirdly seem to enjoy playing at um, at the Millennium Stadium. Kind of thinking back to the <laughs> um, the end of the the last COVID season, you know, played some decent rugby there at, at times in the Rainbow Track Cup and whatever else we had to put up with that season. Uh, Scarlets we know like to play with ball in hand and the bigger pitch and everything else. I think uh, I think we could be in for a really um, yeah, really good, interesting, exciting game of rugby there. And, uh, yeah, potentially, like, the the kind of pressure is off both sides there, I think. I know what you mean about wanting to get momentum, but and everyone wanting to win every game, but it's not like there's 
there's a huge amount riding on it. Um, you know, arguably a bit more riding on it for the Dragons to try and finish the season with a um, with a flourish. But um, but yeah, again, may, maybe that'll um, yeah, maybe that will will be reflected in the respective team uh, selections. But yeah, hopefully that'll be a interesting, exciting game of rugby. Cardiff Ospreys is the one with lots on the line, though. Of course, um, Ospreys, you know, have a lot to do to um, in order to to overcome that. Is it five point deficit, isn't it? Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Cardiff need one point, don't they? I think. Yeah, um, and they they'll be okay. So, yeah. Um, how do you see how do you see that one going? You know, because obviously, as you say, mathematically, Cardiff would be the favourites, but we know if the Ospreys do turn up like they did against, you know, like they did against Saracens or Leicester or um or Montpellier that yeah they they are capable of uh, of of really uh really high level rugby. Yeah, if they can get that kind of um front football and they they get their forwards involved and kind of start to control play then it'll be a very difficult af- afternoon for Cardiff one day but I think looking back at that, their previous game, it, obviously the Ospreys, not not that they got lucky, but it was the perfect conditions for them, mm. wasn't it? Like it was cold, windy. Their forwards were loving life, weren't they? Um, and and Cardiff struggled to kind of really kind of break that, that mould. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting because I don't think like Cardiff haven't played their best rugby over the last couple of weeks, and I know obviously they played well against Sale. Um, so it, I'm not too sure what to expect from Cardiff. Um, I don't know whether they will turn it on or, or not. But yeah, they, they don't have like they don't have to go out there and chase the game, do they? They they just need to sit back and kind of buy their time, and and they don't need to chase it at all. Whereas Ospreys, I think they'll have to go out there and and kind of prove a point and get on the front foot and and chase things and and really kind of spark something in that game. So yeah. It, it's kind of like roles reversed, really, and and it'll be interesting to see who kinds of who who gets out into that middle um, pitch first. Um, it, it's quite an intriguing battle, but yeah, you can't go away from Ospreys have got that excellent pack, and it, it will be a difficult day for for those Cardiff forwards, won't it? Yeah, and how do you feel about the the kind of the Welsh Shield generally? Do you think that yes, it's good now because it gives us kind of almost a, a winner takes all um, w- way to end the season with with something big on the line in terms of European qualification, or do you think it hampers the the co- the, the the overall competition of the URC because you've essentially kind of got a handout to a side on geography rather than overall merit? Yeah, it is that kind of balance, isn't it? It, it is slightly frustrating from, from that point of view. But I think I've just chosen to to kind of love it um, because of the situation we find ourselves in. Um, I think I think it's, it's obviously we in the situation where we find ourselves, uh, we, we don't have much much hope kind of getting that that top eight. So, yeah, I'm extremely grateful that, that we've got that well shield. I, I think... I, I didn't really think about it much last season, but it was only yeah. until like the Ospreys lifted it and I thought, oh my God, like it, this is like, I don't know, it, it was a lot bigger than I th- I thought it would feel, you know, and it, it's the ultimate black bragging rights, isn't it, it now? In, well, in, uh... it, yeah, I think that's kind of, yeah, like that <laughs> reflects where we are, I think. Um, I don't know, to me, it's it's a lot more of a functional thing. It's just, you know, you've got to get into Europe by hook or by crook. And yeah, if that's, yeah. you know, yeah. and... Um, you know, if that's on the line, um, which you know, which which we know it is, it's uh, it's 
it's almost like you know the the championship playoff in the um in the football you know in a way it's kind of like it offers that that bit of jeopardy that you don't get if you you know if you finish second in the league and get automatically promoted but there's so much on the line on that one game and i think it is really important you know to to have champions cup rugby next season um for one of these two sides so yeah it's it'll be really interesting to see which way it goes um to finish then harry just uh, yeah, this other this other bit of news that it's kind of we're expecting the under twenties uh, World Cup or whatever it's called these days um, to trial um, uh, at the law change with the one we similar to the one we've seen in Super Rugby at the moment, which means that there's this kind of um, this ability to upgrade a yellow card to a red card, particularly with with acts of foul play and. Um, uh, you know, particularly, I, I suppose, with with head injuries and head collisions and things like that. Um, so my understanding of it is, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Um, let's say, yeah, there is a you know a slightly um, a slightly contentious um, head head on head collision or shoulders to head. Um, the player, uh, sorry, the referee is allowed to to administer a yellow card. Player walks off, serves his ten minutes, but during that time, the um, the footage is reviewed and that can then be upgraded to a red card. So rather than having you know, a five or 10 minutes uh, period where we're, the game is stopped and the, the referee is debating whether there's mitigation, et cetera, that will be done while the player is, uh, while the player is in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's my understanding of it too. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether it brings a, an added sense of like, I, I don't know. It just confuses people again and mm. and it brings that kind of confusion to the game. I think what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, some really contentious decisions and and yeah, I think at the moment, uh, the officiating has become impossible. Like I know people are having to go at referees and everything, but like the amount of laws and, and everything is it's just got so difficult for referees to, to manage games even and and like at any ruck now, you could pick three, four, five things at the moment. Um, and things like this just bring an added sense of confusion. Um, I think rugby needs to like kind of simplify things. And like, I don't think referees even like people have a go at referees saying they're siding with one side, but it's just their, their interpretation of the laws. And you need to take that interpretation out, I think. There needs to be more of a, a world kind of view on, on what these laws are and, and how they're implemented. But that being said, I, I it could be a positive because like in decisions made in the heat of the moment, they they, they, they can be wrong, human error, that kind of thing. It, it could be a positive. So yeah, it, it's an interesting kind of move from world rugby. Um, so yeah, I think we'll just have to sit back, have a look just how it works and, and whether it just adds that confusion element or, or not and, and whether it's actually it, it makes things a lot easier um, in hindsight as well. Fair enough. Right then, just before we finish, let's get uh, let's trouble you for uh, predictions for the games at the weekend. We'll start with the Dragon Scarlets. Uh, I, I'm expecting a really exciting and tight game. I'm going to go with, I, I think Scarlets are just going to edge it. Um, I'm going to go with Scarlets, probably um, Scarlets 32, Dragons 28. 
Oh, not oh, a proper scoreline as well. Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. I fancy something similar. I would say Scarlet's by six. So let's go for Dragons 24, Scarlet's 30, I reckon. But yeah, I think uh, I'm hoping we're in for an exciting one there. And then Cardiff Ospreys, what happens here? This, this is such a tough one. Um, I, I'm going to go with Ospreys um, just for those those big occasions. They they seem to to kind of pull things out, out of the bag when it really matters. I think it's going to obviously going to be a, another tight game, and I don't think they're going to quite get over the line. Um, I think Cardiff will will just about keep within their grasp, really. Um, I think probably. Ospreys 24, Cardiff 18, maybe. I think it's going to be another tight game and uh, a really exciting judgment day. It is, yeah. I fancy the Ospreys to win the game. I fancy Cardiff to get enough out of it to, um, uh, in order to, yeah, in order to um, get the European qualification. So I will go for. See, I, f- I fancy it might be something. I-, I actually think the Ospreys might win. Like, so I'm going to go Ospreys 52, Cardiff 30, but getting four, mm. getting four tries within that within that 30, um, which would be that enough, to, like enough, enough game. to do it. Yeah, there we go. I've said it here. So if we get anything like that, we'll have plenty of tries to talk about next week. Um, and uh, and yeah, we will of course be reviewing all of that next week as well. So a uh, big thank you to Harry for joining me this week. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, finally, if you've enjoyed listening to us this season, and or if you're new to listening to the podcast or whatever, and you want to leave us a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. But really appreciate it if you leave a, if you leave a nice review. Don't leave a nasty one. My fragile ego can't deal with it um and uh yeah have, have i said thank you to our sponsors harry no i don't think yeah I have. yeah have i <laughs> yeah well if i haven't it's another, again, another, another plug another plug for uh for scott uh at so coffee trades if you want to get some great coffee you can do that at so coffeetrades.co.uk um so a big thanks to them for sponsoring us for well, probably about the last five years i think um And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. We'll be back to talk rugby with you next week. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.